Hello and welcome to Informed, a podcast series where you hear industry experts share their thought-provoking insights and lessons in the field of medical communications. This series is brought to you by ISMAP and is generously sponsored by MedThink SciComm. I'm Rob Mathias, President and CEO of ISMAP. Today, I'm joined by Neil Adams, Manager, Industry Solutions, North America, Carger Publishers. Neil has more than 20 years of experience working with healthcare industry partners, journal editors, professional societies, and authors to publish important clinical research and deliver educational and marketing solutions. His areas of expertise include industry-sponsored publications, clinical trial submissions, enhanced digital content, online educational resources, and journal supplements. Neil and I will be chatting today about enhanced publication content and getting to the bottom of what works and what doesn't. Welcome, Neil. Thanks very much, Rob. Great to be here. Glad to have you, Neil. I think we're going to just jump right into it like we usually do. Um, Let's pretend that you're just hiring somebody new and they're trying to figure out what EPC is all about. Could you tell them what it means, uh, what EPC stands for and what it's about? Sure. EPC is Enhanced Publication Content, and it's uh, been around for a while. Um, When we talk about it, again, uh, this program's up publisher's perspective. So from my perspective, when we talk about enhanced publication content or EPC, we're generally talking about things like video abstracts, visual abstracts, or also known as graphical abstracts, infographics, uh, other types of videos, author podcasts, anything, you know, that again, we're enhancing the, the manuscript, the published manuscript that's come in. And uh, that's sort of what we think of as EPC. And I'm glad you mentioned that. So we are having this from a, a publisher's perspective today, which is something a little bit different than usual. Um, can you tell us why, in your opinion, EPC is so important? Oh, it's very important. And the reason it's important um, is it's all about impact. And we've talked about this before in previous meetings and, and for ISMAP over the, over the years. EPC from a publisher's perspective, is really key in terms of delivering impact for the research that we publish as publishers. It's really critical because it gets the information that is published out there. And it, you know, it enlarges the, the audience is greater. You get it to more eyeballs and, and uh, more people see it. And it really helps the reader understand. Um, so they're more likely to look at it, the, this research. Um, so it helps in comprehension. It's very important because it also is, um, we talk about something like a visual abstract or even a video abstract, which is only maybe three to five minutes. They are small little bite-sized pieces of information. And that's really helpful. We all know how busy clinicians are these days. So if there's any way that we could we can get this research sort of condensed and so they can really help to identify uh, the important pieces of information, that's, uh, that's really what we need to do. Those are some of the reasons why it really is important. Again, I'm hoping we do more and more of it in the future. Yeah, yeah. You bring up a number of very good points, uh, Neil. So clinicians are busy today, that's for certain. Um, when you use the word impact, what do you mean by that? I think really, you know, publishing the research and, and so if it's going to be a new a treatment for, for some patients, an EPC in any form it might take would help the clinician understand this information better. And so it ultimately will help the patient. This is all we're here for is to deliver better, better solutions and, and better treatment options for patients. So I think that's sort of the impact we're talking about. That's probably the primary one. Well, it's true. And it's pretty consistent with where we see the profession going overall, right, is to think more about how we can actually impact healthcare, not just publish uh, materials into journals and so on. And it's all part of a bigger system. So I think you make some very, very good points there. When you think, Neil, about the different types of EPC that are available to us, are there some that are more impactful than others? I personally don't think so. I, I think they're all important. And I think they're, they're all different ones, in whether you're talking about video or you're talking about a visual abstract, or you're talking about a podcast. I think they're all important because HCPs consume their content differently. So consumption habits are different. So if a healthcare professional is you know, in their car, then they're going to listen to a podcast rather than looking at a visual abstract. 
So it really, or if you're on a train, maybe you want to look at a visual abstract. It's really consumption. And every all HCPs, as we know, have different sort of habits in that regard. So I think they're all important. And I would add, you know, if you want to go a step further and say, well, we publish, obviously, from a publisher's perspective, you're talking whether it's original research that's being published or a review article. I don't think there's a whole lot of difference there in terms of which, which sort of EPC for which article type. I think they're all important. We need to do more for, for all different types of EPCs, all different formats, but also all all different articles should have them as well. So you don't really think that it necessarily matters so much as to what type of research it is, but perhaps it does matter by the clinician or who the audience is. Are there differences in auditory types of uh, EPC versus visual and so on and so forth? Like, what are your thoughts about what HCPs really need? Yeah, that's a good question. So in terms of sort of the popularity of EPCs, there have been, in fact, I think it's on the ISMAP site, there has been a uh, sort of a cross-publisher analysis of EPCs um, that found, I think three different publishers found that video abstracts were sort of from an author standpoint, um, very popular choice to do a video abstract. Um, however, there are others, uh, I've seen some studies that suggest that actually graphical or visual abstracts are from a reader perspective, the really the popular choice. So, it, you know, and this depends sort of where, um, it may depend on where you are in the world. So we have differences among, you know, whether, whether in North America or Europe or wherever you might be in Asia, um, sort of, again, it comes back to the consumption. But um, there are studies, as I say, that uh, from a reader's perspective, say that visual abstracts are, are really important. So are video abstracts. But then um, video abstracts are also, also popular as well. So that's more sort of the auditory, I guess, to get to your question. The video abstracts are, um, again, are popular. Um, they should be more popular, but we can go into that. There are various barriers that are involved there, and we can talk about that. Yeah, what I hear you saying is, um, you know, it probably does vary based on uh, what you're trying to produce. I mean, certainly you're, if your target is trying to get people while they're driving on their commute, you're not going to be doing something that's as uh, visual in nature. So that's that's certainly very important. So if we take a step back, you had mentioned, you know, there's certain barriers and things that come up as people try to implement uh, EPC. What do you see as some of those barriers that they have to work through? Yeah, unfortunately, there are quite a few barriers. Again, my opinion, I think there are barriers from all the different stakeholders. By that, I mean the authors who are submitting to the journals, uh, funders, and in many cases, that could be the industry, could be the pharma company, um, and the publishers. So I think all stakeholders have certain barriers that they're dealing with uh, to do more of these EPCs. From sort of from the author's perspective, you know, there's a lot of times where, uh, you know, it's a lot of work to, to, to submit, to, to, to do a paper and submit the paper, and then to be asked to do a video abstract after all this work. I mean, it's a lot of work to be done. And quite frankly, I think a lot of authors think that, you know, perhaps it's just not necessary to have uh, a, a video abstract for this particular paper. Um, and there's certainly some, some truth to that, I can imagine. From the funder's perspective, there's certainly barriers. And I know we've talked about this in previous meetings. Things for certainly for smaller pharma companies, uh, budget certainly can be a barrier. Video abstracts typically thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, something like that. So on top of if you're already paying a medical writer, and also there can be um, a barrier, you know, compliance problems. If it's a, something, maybe there may be a, a team that feels if we do a, a visual abstract or an author podcast, this might be something that's a little too commercial. Particularly if this is regarding a maybe a phase three clinical trial, whatever it might be. Um, there may be some sort of nervousness that this is uh, something that uh, could be too commercial to do. So that could be a potential barrier. For the publishers, um, there are a few as well. And, and, and certainly one of those is, you know, not all publishers have, have platforms that allow, uh, can 
provide things like video abstracts. Certainly, the smaller publishers don't have all of these um, this technology to offer video abstracts if they're not available. There are also maybe if you're talking, I know New England Journal of Medicine does a lot of videos. They do a lot of videos. Maybe they think visual abstracts are maybe not as necessary for all. I, I don't know. It's hard to say, but they're, if you offer one, maybe you don't need to offer the other three or four or five, whatever they might be. And they still can say, we've got the um, video, the enhanced content taken care of uh, because we're offering a video abstract, but they're not offering other things or visual, whatever it might be. Those are the big sort of individual barriers on the different stakeholders for those three stakeholders. But for me, overall, I think one of the biggest barriers, without a doubt, is, is the value of the EPC, of the, of the enhanced publication content has not been made clear to really to all stakeholders that I mentioned. Um, the value of the EPC, the, the return on the investment, the effectiveness, uh, the, really the importance of a publishing EPC hasn't been made clear, hasn't been emphasized nearly as much. And that, Rob, frankly, is on us. It's on the publishers. We need to do a lot more in that regard. I, I'd like to see a lot more studies done by publishers across uh, companies um, just basically showing, demonstrating the importance because there are some, and we've seen abstracts uh, presented at annual meetings at ISMA um, about the effectiveness of EPCs, but I don't think they, they're highlighted nearly enough. We need to do more in that regard. And as I say, this is really, this is really on the publishers to do more. So you're reading my mind, uh, actually. I'm trying to think a little bit more about how we can get some data. Do you know, is there any cross-publisher data available that, that looks at EPC? As I say, the only one that I, that I have um, been aware of is the one that is published. It's called the Article Enhancements of Beginner's Guide. It's available at ISMAP on the ISMAP site. Three publishers talk about their importance of, of dealing particularly with video abstracts. It's, it's really focusing on the video abstracts, and that you know, talks about the importance of them and the effectiveness of them. So it's, I think publishers will all agree that they're important, they're really critical to, again, the key again is delivering impact. And again, at the risk of stating the obvious, we're publishing research so it gets read, so it, there's impact, so it actually, it's important, it gets out there. There's no point publishing this research if it's not going to be uh, consumed, it's not going to be read and, and, uh, and sort of put away and never seen again. Yeah, those are good points. You know, if I think about it, it's probably, when we think about compliance and, and trying to get things accomplished with these EPCs, part of it is, yes, establishing impact metrics and, and helping to understand why they're so important. But if you think about some of the pushback that some of our folks might get in terms of, you know, I've heard people say that EPC is just really marketing in disguise. Like, how would you respond to that type of comment? I, yeah, I don't think that's unusual to hear something like that. But I, I don't, well, it depends how it's done. I don't think of it that way at all. I think most of my colleagues in publishing, again, I've worked at a, a number of different publishing places. I don't think we have ever thought of it that way. But again, we need to sort of take this, look at it from the sponsor's standpoint of a, of a study. But it, it does, really doesn't have to be that way because if you're going to do a video abstract and you have the author who's talking about the importance of this particular research that's been done, as far as marketing, you know, there's no, in fact, we, we don't encourage mentioning any kind of products, of course, MOAs, things like that, but you don't want to talk about the products and, and that's going to keep it away from this really what we might consider, somebody might consider marketing. Uh, but we need to do a better job at, at uh, presenting it as just an educational, it's what it is, is an educational format, as I said at the beginning, to help the readers understand the material better and um, save, help them save some time so they can see this is really important instead of having to, oh my God, I've got 10, 12 pages to read. I, I don't have time for this. Sir. Well, you don't actually, if you could look at the visual abstract, you get a much better sense of what's going on. And then you say, yes, this does look interesting. I will spend the time. I'm going to set this aside and read the 10 to 12 pages or whatever it might be. But uh, again, yeah, we need to 
the people, the, the publishers who put out the enhanced publication content, um, again, need to highlight, need to do a better job at um, ensuring that this is not uh, a commercial, this is not a marketing activity. It's not marketing material. It's really for the article itself and for the research. Very good. So Neil, if you had to do, or if you could do just one EPC on the basis of a published study, which one would you pick and why? Tough question. <laughs> I would say, um, well, let me, let me back up. If you consider uh, a plain language summary, which is a PLS to be an enhanced publication content, some people do, some people do not. I'm not sure, sure uh, where, where the, uh, I don't think ISMAP does based on its um, EPON resource, which we'll get into in a second. But some people I think do consider, I think some med- medical communications companies think of PLSs as EPCs. If you do, I would say that's absolutely the most important one uh, because you're really, you're reaching a new audience. You're reaching audience, you're playing, you know, audiences, uh, patients, I should say, um, in addition to HCPs. So that's obviously critical and that's uh, pretty exciting. If you don't um, consider PLSs to be EPC, I, w- I would say the most sort of exciting thing, the most important thing is maybe a, um, a visual abstract, a, a graphical abstract is now, they're now being tweeted a whole lot more. And that's, that's exciting to me because everybody tweets, everybody, that's where people, so many people are getting their news these days. If you can tweet out a, a graphical abstract and our journalists at Cargo certainly do that, um, editors do that, I think that's terrific and very exciting. So that probably be my most, uh, to answer your question. I certainly appreciate that perspective. And, and you get us into this aspect of social media. We're going to let our listeners uh, hold on to the second episode that we end up having together where we'll chat a little bit about the future. So I look forward you know, to continuing this conversation in part two. And I uh, hope that our listeners will tune in to hear more about enhanced publication content. Thanks again today so much for your time and uh, look forward to chatting again soon. Thanks for listening to Informed for Medical Communication Professionals. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app, inform your colleagues, and rate our show highly if you liked what you heard today. We hope you'll also join us at an upcoming ISMAP University webinar or even consider becoming a member of our association. Just go to ismap.org, that's I-S-M-P-P.org, to learn more. I'm Rob Mathias.